everybody, welcome to episode 242 of the Bite Me Podcast. Um, if 42 is like the answer to what, you know, the meaning of life, the universe and everything, is 242 like twice the meaning of life, the universe and everything? Is that yeah, how it works? That'd be 84, Cliff. So is it 242? Are they like parallel life, the universes and everything's? Like parallel universes? Maybe. I think they're perpendicular. Uh, so is that stacked on top of each other? Or they intersect each other. It's some sort of intersection, I believe. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not very good at math. I'll be honest. So uh, we'll 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 research that and get back to you. Uh, I'm Cliff. That is Dylan. You heard Colby. Colby's drinking, so I should Woo. make him say something. There we go. Woo. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, like, news is light this week, I'm going to be honest, but the good news is, is Colby and Dylan played, like, 14 games between them, so we can we can talk a little bit about that. Um, there's a new Switch on its way, it's coming in October, we'll talk about that. Um, is that funny to you, Colby? Hmm? It's so funny. Uh, the Final Fantasy remasters, you're going to be so pissed off about those, Call, I guarantee you. Uh, gamers are still going to be on, oh, games are still going to be on sale on the Vita and the PS3. Sony has stepped that back once again. And Humble is, like, man, if there wasn't already something in Troll Corner this week, this would have gone there. Humble Bundle is capping how much money can go to charity now. Um... (laughs) After saying they weren't going to do it, and then, I don't know, anyway. We got questions from Vinny. We got questions from Prime Fan, Art Deacon, Joe Cole, Slaw, Princess Megan, and Rich. We got uh, some cheap free games. Not like on a massive amount, but there's some stuff. We got Troll Corner. Um, Ubisoft is over there uh, doing the, the Troll Corner thing. So, I don't know. Today might be a short episode. It might be really long. Every once in a while, I say, man, this is going to be really short. And then, for some reason, we talk about something completely unrelated to video games for like an hour. <laughs> is is so. there a food question? Uh, there are two food questions. Oh, well, so. We're so screwed. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start off with what we're playing, though. Cole, what are you... Or Dylan? Dylan's played a lot of games. Let's make Dylan talk. Oh, man. I wasn't ready for that. Um, I finished Ratchet and Clank. It was nice. very good. Um, That's awesome. Highly recommend that. I don't know how long it really took. I spent... Time. I didn't go back and do anything, but I did collect like most of like the gold bolts and things. Sure. I only missed a few, which I wish I would have just found the two that I missed. Um, because I guess I might feel better about it, but sure. it kind of stinks missing two. But I also didn't like actively try very hard. Um, they're not super hidden. Like you can see the, where they are on your map. You just have to go find them, um, which I kind of liked that because it wasn't. I'm not gonna go on the internet and find where all your seeds are um, and go turn over rocks and shake trees and I don't know find imaginary holes and find 627 seeds because that sounds boring. But when there's a reasonable, because I think there's like 25 of them, and they give you something um i think kind of like cosmetic not cosmetic things but like different sure um gear stuffs and things um so that was kind of cool but overall super super good game the final boss fight is pretty solid um it was never super hard but it was always i think challenging enough um, you get most of your weapons pretty substantially upgraded by the end if you spend some time finding the raritanium to upgrade the the weapons. And they they change in a meaningful way when you upgrade them, which is cool, um, whether that's just like more ammo and or more shots or 
just make the guns bigger and more explodey and um it's a really good time um i would say 80 to 90 probably 80 percent of the weapons i actually used um because you will like um you will kind of like run out of ammo and have to switch or you'll swap between them because you have a strategy or whatever but sure um overall the guns are great and that's kind of what you play ratchet and clank for is the wacky weaponry so um it's a is it's a great game um i'm happy that i don't need to get a ps5 now because i played ratchet and clank um other than that i started getting kind of interested in rts games which is something i really like but not good at Um, (laughs) same (laughs) but during the steam summer sale which might still be happening for another day a lot i noticed a lot of games are still on sale through like the 8th of july uh i picked up Northguard, which is kind of a viking themed rts game um steam summer sale runs through tomorrow so you got time if if Northguard sounds good to you yeah, um, I think it's like 12 bucks. Um, it was also in a Humble Bundle a long time ago. Um, so you may have it in your library, you may not. Uh, and to me, this has kind of been a really fun game that kind of strikes a balance between not a convoluted RTS, which is sometimes how I feel about RTSs because like I'm playing them and I'm having fun, but I don't really know what's going on. And I think there's a lot of hidden math that's happening that I don't really, it's kind of abstract and like you're getting damage increases or buffs and things and things are happening beneath the surface and I don't care. Um, But this game is sort of a blend of RTS and worker placement and it kind of feels kind of civilization-y because you're you're expanding your territory and each new territory you have you can build like two to three buildings on kind of and then those buildings you assign villagers and those villagers turn into the specific kind of uh, occupation I guess so if you make a fisherman's hut and you go assign two villagers to it then they'll fish so when you scout and explore the territory there might be a fishing pond on one or fertile land that you can build a farm on or if there's a forest you can you'll get a a bonus for your uh woodcutter's lodge kind of thing so uh it's about kind of like optimizing your resources and um there's different ways to win um it's not necessarily domination but you can have a um like a fame victory Very or cool. this so it's kind of like civilization like that so you don't necessarily have to win through force um i haven't played too many like normal games i played through the small like 11 quest campaign which was pretty fun and it it gives you a look at all the different clans um cuz standard the game comes with i don't know eight six or eight clans and they have different things like they'll start with uh like one clan starts with sheep and has a specific building in which you can have a sheepery i can't remember what it's called Um, no that's exactly uh, so you assign your sheep to that and those sheep will give you food which is kind of a cool because you don't actually need a worker 
working the sheepery to get food uh, but it kind of passively gives you food from the sheep which is cool but sheep also have another bonus so if you have a sheep on a tile that you're working that tile needs um, a percentage less wood during the winter uh, so there's a summer winter mechanic in the game so your food and uh, your food becomes more scarce in the winter and you need more firewood during the winter so uh, you have to be prepared when the winter comes and winter becomes shorter and longer also so you will have a longer winter at some point so uh, you have to be ready to last through those things oh geez um and it's not too crazy but it's enough to care about and it to me it's the perfect difficulty of in rts um and it's very understandable without getting really in the weeds and having too many options because I also started playing Civilization again, which is kind of what got me into this. And I really like Civ, but I think at some point I get so bogged down when you have so many different settlements that start growing to these big cities and you're doing so many things at one time, it becomes really hard to track what you're doing. Like, and what what is my goal? And am I actually working towards that with these different cities? And what city is optimized best to do this one thing? It's a lot. With this, you have one... You have one town hall that turns out villagers over time as long as you have houses for them and you just assign those villagers to do things or turn them into warriors and then you move forward and fight the wolves and uh, you might run into a camp of kobolds or ogres and you can trade with them or you can slaughter them and take their land. Um, So I definitely, as another game, I recommend to someone who... I think wants a slightly lighter RTS and this is a pretty it's been I think really well received I hadn't really heard about it much before even though I think I've seen it passingly on Steam and I think it is available pretty much anywhere so you can play even on iOS yeah I think it's on iOS it's on Switch it's wherever you want to play it it's available Um, definitely uh, recommend that um, I also stumbled upon Old World, which I think just got its full release recently. It's been in early access a while. Um, it's on the Epic Store only currently. I don't know if there's plans for it to be elsewhere. And it is a game that I think is made by someone who was working on Civilization 4. And this is very similar to Civilization. However, people say it is um, probably more like Crusader Kings, which is a game I am not played yet, but I'm interested in playing. But Old World is Civilization. If Civilization took place 200 years in a very specific time period. um, Interesting. Kind of... uh, yeah, I remember reading about this when it came out. It's a yeah. dude that worked on Civ Four. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this game is great. Um, other than maybe a graphic boost, because um, I, I think it it kind of has a slightly dated four X game look to it. Yeah. Uh, however, it has a lot going for it. Um, the pacing seems. If you think Civilization's a little slow, I think you might like this because your stuff moves around a lot faster. Um, I like that it the turns are one turn is one year of game time. 
so that is definitely abstract because if a unit is fighting a unit you attack and that your attack took one year so you kind of have to abstract that out in your head of this back and forth that these warriors are having or whatever but uh, uh. <laughs> right um but it has this interesting like orders mechanic so you have a number of orders that you can use to use your units so it's not like every unit has this much movement you have a pool of orders in which um, things can keep moving until they have kind of met their maximum movement which is substantially farther than um civilization Mm -hmm. your stuff will be exploring the board much faster you'll be discovering things much faster um your builders and workers don't have a set number of build charges they just you keep assigning them to build things so your your stuff grows a little bit fast at a faster rate so i think that is pretty satisfying um i do not have a hang of this game yet because Mm -hmm. i think i'm i think i'm doing pretty good and these the like grease will come over and be like yo give us money and i'll be like why why would i give you money no and they're like well we're warring now and i'm like fine i have an (laughs) army and i'm like it would just happen that i was gonna go fight these barbarians but i happen to be next to your city so i'm gonna attack you and i attack them and then all of a sudden they have this huge army that's three times larger than me that i didn't see and it mobilizes (laughs) so fast and it just comes up and destroys you and i'm like well, maybe war isn't the answer. Um, so I think I'm going to have to start a new game and play really conservatively uh, <laughs> and really try not to have conflict early on because it seems like I managed to get a truce out of them pretty fast before it got really out of hand. But I want to see if I can kind of bounce back from it. But uh, it, it's interesting. Um and it has a lot more story going on. So you have succession of your lineage and things like that built into the game. So you'll have a child and that child will be next in line if you die in battle and they'll take over and you can, you will have options to marry and things like that and picking spouses for your children and things like that that will give you different benefits and things or different relations with different nations. So um, it's pretty deep in that respect too, but it seems like a really solid game and I'm really enjoying playing it. So that's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I took a look at my, my steam library while you were talking and it turns out I actually do own Northgard, So I'm installing it right now. We'll see how I yeah, like it. It's definitely worth a play. I, I recommend it. Great. That's awesome. I've always wanted, like I, in my head, I love RTS games, and in real life, I'm terrible at them. Yeah. Um, so I'm always looking for like the one that this will is the one click with me. Nice, because I think you feel pretty much the same way that I do. And this one has just enough going on, but not too much to contain. And it's not you're not going to get super punished if you're not like maximizing your clicks. Because I know awesome. that's kind of a things in RTS is like if you're not doing something, you're probably wasting time. Whereas this is, I think, a, has a slightly different pace to it, where your workers only happen so fast. So once you're, you have a new villager, and you can kind of, okay, go over here and cut wood or this kind of thing. And um, I played through all the whole main storyline, and I got a pretty good feel for the game. So I'm kind of excited to go play it. A, nice. a normal game that would be normal victory conditions, not necessarily a, a mission-driven quest yeah. or whatever. That's really cool. Very cool. Good stuff. You want to talk about what uh, you've been playing, Cole? 
Woo! Yeah. Um, I beat Subnautica below zero, and it was fantastic. Um, nice. Like I said, kind of more of the same. I mean, uh, which not in like a bad way though. Yeah, um, it's a sequel. Just, yeah, sequel. Really good. Between Subnautica and Below Zero, like the original and Below Zero, I put like probably close to ninety hours into those games. I would guess. Wow. Because um, I think the first one it took me like forty-eight, and this one took me. <sighs> I want to say somewhere around that, but I'm not 100% sure. And they're just really good games. Like, I honestly, I mean, I know that this one was just released, but uh, I can't wait for the third one. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens. <laughs> Is there a third one? I mean, like, that one just launched, like, what, three weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. You just assume. I assume there'll be a third one. There was a second one. That's fair. So, yeah. I, if if you want a third Subnautica, go buy it right now. That's what Colby says. Yep. Um, <laughs> pay full price, because uh, apparently, you know, that matters. Um, <laughs> then I played Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance, which just came out on Game Pass. And yeah. I think that game will be good in, like, one or two patches. But right now, not great. Um, that's why that's I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I I, so, I heard the AI is kind of just that's, wonky. That's what I was just going to bring up. Um, I I chose the hunter class, and like literally, if you just stay back and shoot arrows, the bad guys don't do anything. Um, there was a boss you were supposed to fight, and I literally just sat and shot arrows at it from a distance, and it was just going through. It's like you know how like bosses and stuff will you know have lines that they say you know like oh i can't wait to stomp the you know hero when it comes kind of thing and it's just <laughs> sitting there just taking arrows not even paying attention to me because i'm not even that far away like i mean it is not like i am you know like oh i can barely see it i'm like i don't know 20 feet away in game and they don't even register you as being there um so like i guess if you played it as maybe a fighter it would be different but I don't know if it's that broken with one of four, um, you know, things that you can be. There's probably something broken with the other three. Um, and and like I said, I think that game will be good. Um, like once they kind of fine tune it a little bit, because I had fun. But uh, I'm like, I, I'm gonna wait until until this gets a little bit better. Um, so I also played Grand Theft Auto 3 because <laughs> for some reason... It's 2002? <laughs> for 2001, Cliff. Oh, sorry. I'm kind of surprised we didn't get a 20th anniversary for the game. I, I didn't think about I, that. Like, that a little surprised cool. that, that they did not do something. Yeah. Um, even if it was in, like, Grand Theft Auto Online or something, yeah. I'm kind of surprised that there was nothing. Uh, because, I mean, like, that is the game that put Grand Theft Auto really on the map. Um, you know, 1 and 2 were big, but nowhere near as big as 3. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, I noticed it was on mobile. And I'm like, man, it would be great if... I, I'd probably buy it if it had controller support. And then you found an article that was like, it might? <laughs> um, and it does. Yeah, it, was, it, it was very, like... It could in 2013. I'm like, well, that's when controllers existed, so yeah. maybe. Um, and it does, uh, which is good because, like, my uh, controller died while I was in the middle of it, and so it switched to, 
like the on like screen controls and they are garbage uh-huh. <laughs> like i just like sat and spun spun in circles i'm like what what is going on like i just want to i want to move left what am i doing wrong um but it actually controls really well with uh a controller and i mean as long as you're good just like trying to figure out what the controller buttons are because that is one thing it does not do it does not tell you like like, (laughs) how do you get into a car Um, (laughs) and because i'm only playing it like here and there i just forget so like every time i do it i'm like whoop just jumped on the hood of the car that's not what i meant to do like whoops just punch that dude i'm like sorry um but yeah i for like grand theft auto 3 is really weird because like i booted that up and was instantly like ooh nostalgia (laughs) like just like the the kind of I don't know, jazzy intro that it has. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I read Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, so I put, like, maybe an hour, hour and a half into it, and it's it's Grand Theft Auto 3. Like, I don't know, I kind of forgot that they're like, hey, The Sopranos is big. What if we just get their entire cast to be voices in this game? Um, but uh, it's, it's fun. It's Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, I, I guess if that. you haven't played it, go spend, like, three dollars on uh, <laughs> iphone get it and you bought a pack that contains it and vice city and four? san andreas because yeah, it was 12 it was, bucks i think they're five bucks a piece except for san andreas which is like seven and i'm like well i'm just gonna get uh three and four because like i have no like i did not really like san andreas all that much i didn't either um and so i'm like okay well i'll just get those and i'm like well it's ten dollars or it's like twelve dollars why not just spend the extra two bucks and get san andreas which is how they get you um and i'm kind of curious to see if those also have i don't know control options uh but i think uh, they do i'm pretty sure they do well there we go because i really do i mostly want to play vice city but i'm like well i'll start with three um then uh my kid so i gotta ask before before you go on how do the graphics hold up like is it is it is it okay? I mean, it's 2002. Um, not great. <laughs> like, you're, you're not going to look at this game and go like, Oh, it looks a lot better than I remember it. You're going to go like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, this is this is kind of what I was expecting. Um, the, the cities are better looking than, like, the people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember the people had a very, like, Final Fantasy VII, like, Popeye kind uh, of look. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It, it's not great. They all, they all like, kind of, like, have, like, gorilla arms, if that makes uh-huh. sense. It um, does, yep. It, uh, the thing that I find funny is, like, uh, just how tame it is compared to, like, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very strange. Um, but you like kind of what you're expecting and what you get. Uh, well, I think a lot of it was like, what was what was weird about that game was just like the violence of it. I think um, it was the fact that you could get a bazooka and just pile up a thousand cop cars uh-huh. if you got in the right place, and that there was a mechanic where you could. I mean, the only thing I remember about the the, the like adult parts of that game was that you could have sex with a hooker, kinda. And then you had essentially the choice to either let her walk away or kill her or take the money back. Uh-huh. And I think it was such a like such a unique mechanic at the time that that's what like sticks in your head. But like, so you know, it wasn't it wasn't like <laughs> like it wasn't li- 
Literally, you you pull up and you can like turn the car around. Like the car is like kind of yeah, exactly. Um, but if you like just flip the camera around, they're just sitting in the front, staring straight ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's It's, it. I think the thing is, I kind of forget that that like. Grand Theft Auto Five too has like full on strippers who are topless uh-huh. giving you a lap dance, and uh-huh. it's it's not good. Like it's creepy and it's weird, and and like there's nothing like even like kind of erotic about it. It's it's very video well, speak for yourself. Well, <clears throat> okay, that's my but fetish. That's I like the un- <laughs> the uncanny valley. Yeah, and it well, it's not it's not even good enough to be uncanny valley. It's like. It's 2013 in Kenny Valley. So. Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within is basically porn to me. Um, <laughs> Essentially, I was but, gonna go so. with uh, uh, the Polar Express, but then I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> you made a better choice there, Cole. You did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that it's it's it was a different time. It was a hundred percent a different time. And and I mean, do you remember when Carmageddon came out? Uh huh. And, like and Carmageddon. Postal? Yeah, um, Carmageddon was a game probably that came out in I don't know late early late nineties early two thousands where the game would just s- surrounded you trying to run over people with a car. I mean that was like the the plot of the game um, and like seeing how many you know how many kills you could rack up, how many people in a row, that kind of thing. And it was like people lost their damn minds. And I look at it now. Same with Postal. Postal was a game where like you could you know get a get a flamethrower and light a marching band on fire and people lost their damn minds and i look at those now i'm like oh that's so quaint and yeah. not that it's not that it's like a bad thing not that it's you know not that it was i mean it was probably dumb that people lost their mind then it's because they're video games who cares you know but the early 2000s was very much a like video games were still a, a moral panic um, yeah. maybe even more so than they are today so i don't know man you had uh what's his name jack uh <sighs> Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson. Man, yeah. I forgot about Jack Thompson. <laughs> Why isn't that dude run for, like, I don't know, some sort of political office? I think once you lose your license to practice law, it probably becomes difficult to, like, get anyone to take you very seriously. Like, he could probably win, like, a city council vote, but I don't... I mean, he's in Florida, though. Yeah, he could probably be governor. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm... You, you yeah. really think that, like, you know... No one would vote for that guy. Once I move, call. I'm going to dedicate my life to trying to get Jack Thompson to run for something. That's my. I would be Jack Thompson's campaign manager, as like for the lols. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my kid's been really into Pokemon, uh, which is fine. Like, if we're going to watch a TV show, I don't mind if it's Pokemon. I'm perfectly fine with that in the background. It is a hundred thousand times better than say like Blippy. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, so I chipped in half and she chipped in half and we picked up Pokemon Sword. Um, I'm not very far into it, um, mostly because I only play, like, it's not like a game, well, I mean, it is a game that I would play by myself, but, uh, I would, you know, I only play it when she's around, so it's, um, I'm like, I think I'm into the second town, um, it's good, you know, it's got a lot of, uh, cute little Pokemon, um, including... What is the Corgi Pokemon that I believe I said I would die for? I don't know. It was real cute, though. Um, Super cute. Yeah, I, I can't remember. It's like... All I can think of is Lamprey or something. But, uh, <laughs> it it was adorable, not. though. Yeah, I really liked him. 
Um, I liked Grookey a lot. He was one of the uh, the ones that you could choose as a starter, but my kid wanted Score Bunny. Yamper. Yamper is adorable. Yamper. Yeah. I like N- Yamper. None of them are as cute as a Snom, though. That's just how it goes. I don't know. There's some There's some cute ones. Snoms are adorable, Colby. They've got, like, I, butt I, faces. It's amazing. I, I don't know which one a Snom is. <laughs> They're that incredible. Sound, They're like... Sounds some, like, Willy Wonka-ass name you got there. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does, not it? Snoms <laughs> taste like Snomsberry. <laughs> um, so I played that a bit, and I will probably play more of it. Um, I am confused by Pokemon because um, it, uh, I mean, like, literally the last Pokemon I played with any kind of whatever was Pokemon Crystal, um, which was a long time ago. It's been a while. It was, it was 20 years ago. <laughs> My kid's like, what's that Pokemon? I'm like, I have no idea. Like, we have to catch it because you have as good of an idea about what Pokemon that is as I do. But, um... Then I... Oh, Snom is cute. It does have a butt face. Um, (laughs) I played uh, Remnant from the Ashes um, because I needed a game to play when my kid was asleep. Sleeping, Um, yeah. And I was kind of like, what do I want to play? And like, I don't know, every single... What is posted into the show notes? (laughs) Who is that guy? (laughs) That's Jack Thompson now. (laughs) Really? <laughs> if I know you can't see this because it's a it's a you know an audio medium, but Jack Thompson looks like um, you know when uh, David Letterman grew out his big bushy beard. I mean, he looks kind of like that if he was also homeless. It's uh, it's not a great look. Not a great. Well, look I'm at like, all. Am, am I remembering Jack Thompson differently? And then I just looked up Jack Thompson. Like, I mean, granted. This was when Grand Theft Auto 4 came out, so that was probably 10 years ago. Yeah. A little bit long. Well, it was probably longer, and it was probably 15 years ago. But, like, what happened? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really not. Life has been hard on Jack Thompson. Did since he get, he like, disbarred. reverse plastic surgery to look I worse? I don't know. I don't know. It's real weird, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, no. Remnant from the Ashes is really good. Um, I, I've played it. Three times? I played it once with you, I played it once yeah. solo, and this will be my third time. And I'm about to the point where I think I either gave up or stopped playing last sure. time. And that's kind of my one problem with that game, is I know that there's probably going to be a point in that game where I get to and oh. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Uh, just, just can't beat this. And yeah. I'm not sure what at what point, what do I do then? <laughs> so... Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because it's only apparently it's only like a thirteen to fifteen hour game, um, so I don't know. Like I don't because it's all um, oh, what's that called when they procedural procedurally generated, essentially. Like I mean, I may not hit certain bosses that are incredibly difficult that I gave up on last time. So I don't know, but like I know that remember the boss that we fought and we just could not beat it. Yeah, I do. I did it in on my second try. Really? Um, and my first try, the only reason I died is because I came in with, like, not... An, I, I think I came in with not enough health or something. And huh. the second time I went in, I absolutely... I think I got hit once. Interesting. So, I don't know. But uh, maybe I got good in between. You know, I think a lot of those games, it... Like, that, that was definitely a game that your individual build, your... Um, 
how you approach things, how you use different upgrades, I think was going to be very, um, uh, it was going to make it either easier or harder. Um, and I think games like that, I think procedural games that are kind of roguelikes, sometimes are that way. Like you just hit things differently yeah. sometimes and, you know. Well, and I, I think I also like that boss, like last time we were way too like, okay, we need to do this and this, and then when we do this, and like literally I just backed myself into a corner, took out the ads, and when it popped out in front of me, I just rushed it, and oh, like no. I literally just decimated it. I'm yeah, like, we did spend a lot huh. of time playing that game, like trying to create strategies, and like, yeah. I don't ever do that when I play by myself, so yeah. yeah. And so, I don't know, it was it was a lot easier this time. Um Interesting. Maybe it's maybe it's a vermin tide kind of thing where we were doing it, something wrong. I don't know. It's also possible that it scales for multiplayer. Mm. That could be it too. But I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And if if next week I'm not like, well, I stopped playing uh, uh, yeah. Remnant. We'll you know I'll have more. And that's all I played. Nice, nice. Um, I, I forgot I played Mario Golf. Oh, what do you think about Mario Golf? I'm interested. Eleven, about that. Out, eleven out of ten must play. Really? That's interesting. That game Gra- got kind greatest, of greatest golf game ever. Really? It's so huh. much. It's so much fun. It got some kind of kind of mid reviews. That's interesting. Yeah, interesting. I think those are people that didn't expect a golf game to be golf. <laughs> what it's do you like, expect a, a golf game to be? Golf. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Right. It's right. like it's like. You ordered a PB and J and were upset that it wasn't a filet mignon burger. Interesting. All right, I can get behind that. That's that's my only guess because like it's probably as good as a golf simulator gets. Like for not being a straight up golf simulator. Is it? I mean, how does it's it play? Like, is it is it pretty realistic golf? Is it? Imagine Wii Sports Golf, but like a fully produced game. That's not just a a demo, essentially. Um, And it's got, I mean, it's got, I mean, you could argue it might be lacking content because it only has six full 18-hole courses, which seems pretty fair. Seems like a lot to me. That seems pretty fair for a launch and if they add some more courses or whatever. Um, I like it. And, I mean, there's options, too, if you want more multiplayer stuff like speed golf and battle golf which i haven't really delved too deep into yet because i like i'm playing the game to have a relaxing round of mario golf yeah that's what i'm here for and my buddy's been super into it and we played together and it was a great time we're battling back and forth just the two of us um to see who can who can who can beat the other one on each hole so that sounds awesome i mean it's it's an awesome golf game for sure i am interested to try it i i love mario golf like i played a lot or not mario golf i i loved um we golf like i played a lot of we golf so yeah interesting that's what it that's what it reminded me of is just it's we golf plus pretty much interesting Um, and uh i mean there's a, some nuance to it that I really like, but do I mean, you, once you kind of get an understanding of how the controls work, because it's a little weird at first to figure out, okay, how do I hit top spin? How do I hit backspin? How do I hit super backspin? Oh. You can curve, you can curve your shot, and so there is some stuff that you gotta kind of get all in your brain at one time. But you can also just kind of hit the ball normal most of the time, and that's not like that's fine if you need to. If now you want to up your game, now you can learn all the different shot types and stuff. But do 
do you play it with like the buttons on a controller or do you play it with like motion controls or i've yes? only used button controls but yes interesting you there is options for both because I remember I used the motion controls on the Wii, obviously, oh, yeah, it and it was awesome. actually pretty good. Oh, yeah, like, all absolutely. those games were awesome. Yeah. Um, so I kind of compare it to, like, I loved Mario Tennis. Like, I love Mario Golf. Like, Mario does sports. Interesting. It's great. So That's awesome. Anyway. That's very exciting. Um, this week, I um, played more Stardew and more Prey. Um, Prey is a game that, like, I was... <clears throat> I'm excited that it's not as long as I thought it was. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know what that says about Prey. Probably nothing great. Um, but I was kind of worried that it was a... I thought it was, like, a 30-hour game. And then I I looked at it this week, and I think it's only, like, a 15- to 20-hour game. So I'm kind of hoping that it's it, it really is. Because, like, I'm enjoying it, but... I don't think enough that I want to play it for 30 hours. So if I can finish it in like 15 to 20 and I'm straight up mainlining the main quest, I'm not even looking at side quests. I like just kind of want to get it done. Um, it's fun. It does strike me as kind of one of those games that... Not that I want to play it co-op exactly, um, but I kind of wish I knew someone that was playing it maybe at the same time because it does seem like a game that you could spend a lot of time talking about. Like, oh my gosh, did you find that? Oh, and there's a there's a post-it note under you know their their desk and you know that kind of thing, and it would be really enjoyable. But just like just playing it, I, I'm having fun, but it's not like blowing my mind or anything. There's a lot of people who this is like their favorite game, and it's not it's not that for me. But uh, it's fun. Um, I think the difficulty on it, which is crazy, I'm playing it on like super wimpy whatever, and I, I think I think what they want you to do is realize that there are multiple ways to solve any problem. That like you know you, you could probably you could probably play this game and not kill any bad guys but i'm not good enough at finding the like alternate routes through the ceilings and stuff to do that and i don't know if i'm, I'm doing something wrong or if it's you know what like every once in a while I'll, I'll find something but not not very often and so like i'm having to kill a bunch of bad guys and they're not easy to kill like they don't go down easy like your primary weapon is literally like a wrench so um and and there are guns and stuff but you're extremely limited in the amount of ammo you have so i don't know it's probably one of those games that i'm like first off playing a little bit wrong um and maybe not invested enough to figure out how to play it right um but even even to that point like there was a thing I was trying to get, figure out how to get into, and I couldn't figure it out. And so I looked at all these, like, trying to find weird routes in, and they're like, well, just throw a recycle grenade at the thing that's that's sitting there, and it'll recycle it into stuff, and you can just walk through. And I'm like, well, you never actually, I don't think, told me what a recycle grenade does. So I, I don't know. I picked some up. Sure, I've got some, but I have no idea what they do. So I, I, it's fine. It's it's not going to be the greatest game I've ever played, but it's not bad. I'm still enjoying it. Um, I played more Stardew. I think we're 160 hours into Stardew at this point, um, which is that's a normal amount to play a video game, I think. Um, probably the biggest thing I did this week is I hatched a dinosaur, um, which is also something, a very normal thing to have on a farm, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, most farms have a little dinosaur. Um, I will have two dinosaurs. Um, not not far from now. They they make um, dinosaur um, eggs. Obviously, is the output of a dinosaur. Um, they're tiny too. They're like they're to call them a dinosaur seems like um, seems like a bit of a misnomer. They live in your chicken coop. Um, 
And so it's, it's really more like a medium-sized iguana, but, you know, neither here nor there. They lay uh, dinosaur eggs, and you can turn those into dinosaur mayonnaise. And uh, dinosaur mayonnaise tastes like a, uh, or smells like a combination of grass and leather, which is better than what void mayonnaise smells like, which is burnt hair. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I want to eat the grass leather mayonnaise either. So um, I, you could probably turn them into omelets, too. Um, I, I don't know if those would be good. But whatever. Did I mention that I got an ostrich too? I have an ostrich. Ostriches are pretty cool. Um, when you make mayonnaise out of their eggs, instead of one mayonnaise, you just get a bunch of mayonnaise. Like you get like nice. six jars of mayonnaise instead of one jar of mayonnaise. So I don't know. It's still fun. We're having a great time. It's uh, it's interesting when you get to the end game of of Stardew. It, it becomes it, it becomes very slow. Like your your days just kind of you know do whatever you want like i i we we find that you know we'll plant you know it used to be that you know shoot day one you've got to make sure to plant every single spot in your entire thing because you're gonna have to you know make sure everything gets replanted every single day and if you you know if you pick some stuff you've got to have seeds to replant that now it's like i don't know the last 10 days of the month maybe we just won't plant anything it seems like a lot of work i'm just gonna go mine things for a little while so sounds like retirement kinda kinda really um, like I've got enough money to really not worry about money. Um, like I need more money because there are things I have to buy eventually, but like for right now, it's not, not that big of a deal to be honest. So, um, we're just trying to, you know, we're, we're, we're making little check boxes essentially all the time. You know, I need to ship 15 of everything. So every season we're making sure to plant, you know, 20 of everything so we can ship 15 of them and save five to cook with. And eventually I'm going to go through and cook everything and, you know, just, just little quests here and there. It, it, the game really evens out at some point and you just kind of keep going and, and the days get a little bit repetitive. There's not a, there's not a huge amount going on, but I'm still really enjoying it. So I don't know. The, the, we're probably going to keep playing it until, um, oh, shoot, I don't remember, Moon, Moon Glow Bay, I think is what it's... No, is it Moon Glow yeah. Bay, the, the fishing game? Yep. yep. Yeah, so I think we'll probably keep playing it until Moon, Go, Moon Glow Bay comes out, um, which is not for a while. So we'll see. Uh, but, you know, having, having fun with Stardew, too. So, all right, should we talk about, should we talk about news? Woo! See, I knew this was going to work. 45 minutes, and we haven't even talked about news yet. Dylan? Is uh, Patreon first? Oh, man. See, we haven't even talked about Patreon either. It got covered up by my picture of Jack Thompson. Patreon. Go to bitemepodcast.com slash Patreon. You can slip us a few dollars to, uh, you know, let us talk online, host our website, things like that. Uh, you can uh, donate in the one, three, seven, or ten dollar uh, tier, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, if you are a ten dollar uh, producer level patron, we say your name. So big shout out to John Tippins, Sean Palmer, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, Joe Cole Jr. Uh, thank you, Colby, for reminding me. I appreciate it. Again, you can go to bitemepodcast.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash bitemepodcast. You can choose which one you want to go to. They both go to the same place. So, Dylan, now. News. All right, there is a new switch on the way which Woo. is only funny to me because i swear to god i read an article last week they're like there's no new switch coming just stop asking okay and i know that they have to do that they always do that but what i don't understand is is 
Nintendo always says, no, there's no new Switch coming. Like, just stop asking. Whereas, like, Xbox, I know, says we are always in the process of looking at new hardware. Things are constantly to be being developed. We'll let you know when we have more. Which, to me, is... I, I, if you're going to do either, the second seems like way more... Uh, it makes way more sense because the first one just makes Nintendo look like they're liars. Um... When it's you true. know that the answer is the same for both of them. They're always looking at new hardware all the time. Like, they have a hardware team that is doing R&D all the time. So, let's talk about the Switch's new hardware. It's, uh, I wouldn't say it's significantly different than the rumors that you've been hearing. Um, it is. It looks to be, like, physically the same size as a Switch. Switch, not the Switch It's Mini. a little bit bigger. Is, is the... Is the the screen's a little bit bigger, but is the switch itself a little bit bigger? Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. The I think the footprint's the same because they yeah. do this little. There's a there's a shot in the uh, the video they did where you see the switch and the screen grows. Oh, but the thing so it, the it, it kind of shows you that the screen is slightly larger because it's a is it a seven inch? Is that yeah? Yeah. So they went from a six point two yeah screen yeah. to a seven inch screen. Essentially, so they, they took they away actually, the bezel. Yeah, they they show that happening, like it grows and fills the whole thing. Did did you it, think that it the, is subtle, but the reveal trailer was oddly bad? Like it's like two minutes long, and I spent the entire I think time going like I think what? it was just too long. Yeah, because they could have made it because it really wasn't a teaser, but it also didn't give you any information, right? Other I, other than OLED. I spent the entire time going like, okay, what's the resolution though? And literally had to go look it up. So I guess, I guess from a spec standpoint, um, first of all, I guess we should get this out of the way. Um, and I'm going to tell a little story first. Um, Colby and I used to own a photography studio is probably the wrong word, a company that takes photos. I, I'm not sure we did weddings. Um, but we also did like fine art photography and Colby was, um, famous within our small circle of me and my wife of naming his photos like i don't know it's got an orange flower on it i guess i'll name that Call photo orange flower. orange flower um and so when when the did switch it stop came them out from selling it did not colby you're completely right um when the nintendo switch came out and they named it the nintendo switch oled what did you say call what did i name this yeah, and, and it's just, it's such a dumb name. Why not call it the Nintendo Switch Pro? Why not call it the anything but the Nintendo, Nintendo Switch Plus? Like, Nintendo Switch OLED is the dumbest thing in the entire world. It's just, it's like naming, why would you name your, your system after a technology? Like, that makes no sense to me, but... It's weird. So Whatever. enough but about that. Can I yell about Final Fantasy? Because I just read this article. <laughs> Not yet. We're getting there, Cole. We're getting I, there. I have a small tangent, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Did you ever realize that Nintendo Switch has a pro and con controller? What? Oh, yeah, because it's got a Joy-Con and a... Huh. And a pro controller. Interesting. So there's some real pros and cons to the controllers, it, and it's mostly joystick drift. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so this new Switch, the Nintendo Switch OLED... Um, has a seven inch screen up from 6.2. Um, they did, I, I think the dock looks a little different. Like, don't you think the dock's a little sexier? Like, it looks a little rounder, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, it seems like they there is an aesthetic lift as well. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, the dock has a wired LAN port now, so you can actually hardwire this thing into your network, which 
is cool, but like there's not like I don't when I think about the Switch, I don't think of its amazing online ecosystem. So I'm not sure yeah. really how much that I, matters. It's nice but, to have that option. Yeah, I guess. but like whatever. Um, the stand instead of being like the little shitty kickstand that I always the, was worried was gonna like just fall off and never, break. Yeah, yeah. Is it, now it's the full width of the yep, the back, the full width of the essentially the screen. So it, and it has multi. It can do multiple different angles, Correct. too, I believe. Yep, yeah. yeah. So it'll you can go shallow or all the way up, which is really nice. Because I never thought the angle that the, the kickstand on the Switch itself does is good. Like, it was it's never... Really, like, it's awesome if you can put it right in front of your face. Yeah. Like, but, like, but, you can't sit yeah. at a table and play it. It's really awkward. Yeah. Um, so, like, I literally actually bought a stand to put my Switch in for when I wanted to play it because yeah. the, the stand it has is so awful. Um, and they did kick up the storage. So instead of having um, 32 gigs, it's now got 64 gigs internally, which is nice as games get bigger, but also, like, SD cards for the Switch are ridiculously cheap these days so and I don't know how much of a, a big deal that is um, and then they raised the price so the price went from 300 to $350 um, I guess probably mostly around that new screen would be my guess um, it is not any faster it uses the same graphics chip that it used before it will have the same resolution so it's 720 handheld and 1080 um, on your, your TV um, so you know same battery life same everything like literally the only physical difference as far as I can tell on the Switch is that new screen. So what do you guys think? Like, I mean, obviously all three of us own Switches. Um, is it is it an upgrade that you care about? Not in the least. Yeah. What if you... I'm curious to see the screen in person. Like, because you've seen OLED TVs, right? Yeah, like... They're it gorgeous. Might, right. So... Like imagine that, but in your hand. Yeah, it might it might be pretty cool. I mean, it might be the difference maker. It might not need an improved resolution, but to have because like some I, games look great on Switch, right? But the screen itself is not pretty. I would not call it pretty. Agreed. Um, so I mean, it might be cool, and I I skipped the slightly upgraded Switch Same. Um, when they did that. So. I, to me, I, I don't care at all that the resolution stayed the same. Um, I don't play Switch games for their amazing, like, well, I don't I don't play Switch games for their incredibly technical, gorgeous graphics. Like, right. there are Switch games that are beautiful, but it's not because they're running at 4K. It's not because they're running at 60 frames a second. It's because they have oftentimes cool very, style. yeah, really cool art styles. So I don't really care about the resolution. And I do think that the... the newer screen could make a big difference. Like, looking at my TV, like, I have a, a very nice 4K TV, and then going over to my dad's house, who has essentially the exact same TV I have, I think it's even the same brand, but his is an OLED, I go, oh, man. That, that's a that's a, a better TV. That's a real nice TV. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think that there is something to be said there. I don't think I'd pay $350 for one, but if they did a program, like, do you remember when the, like, slightly better Switch came out where they did a deal where you could, like, trade them in and upgrade yeah, for, like, 100 for bucks? If I could trade yeah, in my I, own... I almost did that. Yeah, I did too. Like, if I wasn't busy that week, I probably would have done it kind of thing, but... Yeah, if um, I could if I could do it for... I would probably take that up. Yeah, for 100 bucks or 150 bucks. If I get $200 for yeah. my Switch and then pay... The $150 difference. I would probably do this, even though I don't play my Switch a lot. Um, mm. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting... 
I don't know. I think it was Brian Altano, who is a, a journalist for IGN, had a tweet yesterday that said, like, I'm so shocked that a company who is really well known for not doing, like, mid, mid-generation updates still did not do a mid-generation update. Like, I think people were were kind of pissed about this. And I, I don't know if I really necessarily ex- expected anything huge. Would it have been cool? Would it have been cool for them to release, essentially, the Switch Pro? Absolutely. But does Nintendo have a history of doing that? Not really. And when they did do it, it was bad. Do you guys remember when they released the, uh, like, 3DS Pro? That then it, like, segmented which games you could play on it? So... Right. I do remember that. Well, that's kind of what I was wondering about this, is, like, if they upgrade the hardware enough, is that going to lock out those top-tier games, yep. for example? Like, is it... Are they just avoiding that? Is that the idea? Or is it just the fact that they don't need that to run the games that they're running? Like, is it, just, is it unnecessary? I, I, think, I mean, yeah, maybe 4K support would be nice, but is, maybe I don't think anyone not. cares. Maybe, maybe this is the right choice to make the handheld option more appealing for those that like the full-size Switch and not necessarily a Switch Lite or something. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, too, is that, like you've got to think about it this way, is they probably could have put... They probably could have made handheld 1080, but then your your battery life goes from, like, an estimate... Uh, the estimated battery life in this is five to nine hours or four to nine hours. So do you want a 10K screen that your battery life is an hour and a half to four hours? Like, because I don't. I'd rather have 720 right. and have the battery life, so... I don't know. Um, I, my wife actually made a really good point when I was talking about this with her. She's like, aren't they already to the point where they can barely keep Switches in stock um, to sell out the current generation of Switches? I'm like, well, yeah. She's like, why do they even need a new one? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. so my guess is, is what will happen is this will probably not immediately, but like Six to 12 months from now, you'll start seeing the supply of these go up and the supply of normal switches go down. And it's going to be just harder and harder and harder to find the $300 switch and easier and easier and easier to find the $350 switch. And it'll just, you know, maybe they won't ever say, hey, we stopped making this. Or maybe they won't ever stop, say, they, we, you know, we stopped making this or they, they say it in two years. But my guess is that this is a going to be a gradual phase out where the Switch now has an OLED screen and costs three hundred and fifty dollars. So, yeah, I don't know. All right, Cole, do you want to tell me um, why you're so mad about Final Fantasy? <laughs> why do they cost so much? <laughs> uh, okay, so Final Fantasy, like uh, to me, the thing that it, like the fact that they cost so much, I think, was interesting. But I guess I, I based on the announcement. Why do they cost so much and they're only on phones? That's, like, my problem. If you want to sell this for, what is it, $18 on console, on Switch, I might go, oh, okay. But, like, hey, you want to sell that on your phone? No, I never want to pay $18 for a game on my phone. So to remind you, uh, Squ- Square Enix announced during their E3 live stream that Final Fantasies 1 through 6 were going to be re- re-released and everyone was like, oh, and then they're like, on Steam and mobile. And everyone went, went oh. Um, and I, I kind of, I guess I was under the impression that this was going to be like the Final Fantasy collection. Like that we'd get all six of those games for like, I don't know, 
30 or 40 bucks and call it good. And in fact, that is not what is happening. They're releasing the first three, one, two, and three, later this month. You buy them individually, and each one of them costs $12. <laughs> so for $36, you can own Final Fantasies 1, 2, and 3. Um, to answer Colby's question, the reason that they cost so much money is because these are um, being redone. So it's all new pixel art by one are of the original pixel artists. Past what they were redone for on the PlayStation. Yes. Yeah. Are so, they using different soundtracks? Because I hear that, like, oh, it's you know a better soundtrack. Are they just using the same one that was done on the PS One? So this is it. The pixel art has been redrawn by one of the original pixel artists, and the soundtrack is being rearranged by uh, the original uh, composer. So. Eh. Um, they do have modern controller support, so you can use a controller with them um, on your phone and presumably on on your, you know, on Steam. Um, they'll have a, a more modern UI, and it will have an auto battle system, which is actually something that I'm kind of intrigued by because I am so bored with turn-based combat now. So auto battle is pretty, pretty cool. But that's the reason. Like they are; these aren't just like ports. They're not like dropping the Final Fantasy One ROM into an emulator and giving it to you. There, there is some new stuff. Why but, man, not put it on consoles? I man, I wish I could answer that question. I I, I don't want to like I want to play these on the TV. Yeah, well, and, and you would think too, is it's not like a code problem because if no. they can get it to run on a phone, they can get it to run on a console. Um, I just don't I don't understand the like. Even that being said, I think the pricing is ridiculous. And yeah. four, five, and six are going to be eighteen dollars a piece. So like to get all of these is. A lot of money. Even like, like fifteen bucks seems like okay. Like I don't know why the extra three dollars, but like it does. It seems to, real weird to me. Like if this was on the Switch, I would expect it to come as a bundle of all six for sixty dollars. Um, yeah, you know, it, or, or probably even a better world, a bundle of all six for fifty dollars. Like to me, there's there's a huge price difference between that $50 price point, that $60 price point. And I think that when you're doing a remaster, that $50 price point is the place to hit. But I mean... And quite frankly, this remaster sounds like a little like... Eh. Well, we're talking games now that are 30 years old? 25 years old. Yeah. I mean... It's 94. Like... Oh, so 20... I'm sorry that I did that math wrong. 26, 27 27, yeah. I, I just I know that Final Fantasy was a game that I played when I was very very young, so mm-hmm. I, at some point in time, like there's a there's a point where this just becomes like screwing another generation of video game consoles again. Um, I don't I don't know I I can't imagine myself buying any of maybe Final Fantasy six. I might buy Final Fantasy six on my phone for eighteen dollars. Maybe if my computer would run it i might do that just to hook it up to the tv tv yeah i'm not sure they're gonna actually play that's a good question i don't i don't know if they're mac compatible it may just be pc compatible i've got a pc maybe now yeah i just i find the way this is being done absolutely so so frustrating so whatever I I don't know I, the pricing's dumb. It's nice that they're they're adding some new stuff to it, but the pricing's dumb. So uh, Sony is shockingly in our news today for doing something good, which is different. Um, like we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys remember when Sony kind of. Uh, 
when Sony announced that they were just going to like shut down the Vita and PlayStation 3 store and everyone was like, well, but I'm making Vita games still. And they're like, well, sorry, I guess you should have thought about that. Um, and then and they, whose fault is that? And then they kind of walked it back a little bit and said like, well, maybe we won't do it quite as soon. Maybe, I don't know. Um, the good news is that they've decided that the PSP store will still close, which I guess if you're... PSP might be old enough that... Mm, Maybe. I don't know. I, th- I still think it's dumb, but fine. But they will still continue to sell uh, PSP games through the PSV and the PS Vita. So you won't be able to like go to the, the PSP store on your PlayStation Plus, but you will be able to go via your PS3 and your PS Vita and purchase it and download it. So, um, Interesting. I You know, like, I think the, the good news is, is that Sony made a bad decision and then actually looked at what people were saying and said like, oh, maybe this is actually a bad decision and it's not costing us that much. So, um, I, good for them. This is, this is, it was a dumb, 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 dumb thing to do, but it looks like they're, they're stepping it back. So that is great. Um, speaking of companies, like I said, this, this would be, this would be troll quarter for me if it wasn't, if, if Ubisoft hadn't, hadn't gotten there instead. Um, Humble Bundle, like uh, two months ago, put out this design, like saying, "Like, hey guys, look at our cool redesign." And everyone said, "Like, wait, wait, you're gonna force us to give Humble Bundle a cut of all their sales now," um, which has been a thing that they have not ever done before. So it, it used to be that if you wanted to donate your entire uh, charitable donation to the actual charity, you could donate your entire thing to charity, and and Humble would let you. And, a, and they, they kind of put out this UI saying, like, hey, this is going to change. People said, like, well, this sucks. I won't buy anything from Humble anymore because the reason I bought stuff from Humble was because I could donate to charity. And Humble was like, oh, hey, never – just kidding. Like, big joke, right? Um, except apparently they've just decided to do it anyway. So very soon you will only be able to uh, – you will only be able to donate 85% of your purchase price to – uh, to to the charity that is being supported by Humble Bundle, and 15% will always go to Humble Bundle itself. So it's not like they're giving an extra cut to developers. It's literally to themselves. Um, which is only kind of crappy because, like, maybe if you recall, uh, Humble is actually owned by IGN now. So this isn't like... This isn't Humble needing more money. This is, like, literally IGN wanting to make more money. Um... The what they're saying is is that this allows them to invest more, quote unquote, invest more in exciting content so we can keep growing the humble community, which will ultimately drive more donations to charitable causes. We'll also continue to create more ways to give back, such as with our hundred percent to charity bundles. So their their thing is is like, no, 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 give us more money because that'll let us have access to more money that we can use to give you more give more money to charity somehow. Um which doesn't really play. Um, I don't know. I, I think this is disappointing. But also, like, when was the last time you guys saw a Humble Bundle that you were like, oh, dang, need to grab that? I mean, <laughs> right? It's been a little rougher lately. I checked today, and they only have one video game bundle at all. Like, they've been super into, like, books and, like, kind of crappy software bundles. And you just don't get the good game bundles like you used to. So, I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I bought a Humble Bundle. And I actually killed my um, Humble monthly subscription probably six months ago and, and really don't 
regret it. So, I don't know. Like, I guess the good news with Humble is at least some of the money still does go to charity. Like, they, they are doing charitable donations versus if you go buy it at Steam or, or somewhere else. But, I don't know. I just, I have a hard time thinking that IGN really needs 15% of money that used to go to charity. Like, just just write it off your taxes. Like, you know, they're getting the money. If, if they make that donation, they're getting the money anyway. You give it to IGN, IGN. It's not like you get to, to claim that. Like, if I buy a video game and donate part of it to Humble's charity, I don't get to claim that on my taxes. IGN gets to claim that as a charitable donation. It's the same thing as, like, I don't know. I, I, here's a short poll. When you guys go to the grocery store and it's like, hey, do you want to donate $2 to some random cancer charity that we're not going to name? Like, do you, do you ever say yes? sometimes I used to be real good about it and like I'll still do it if it's like the like hey it's two dollars to the boys and girls club here's a you know shamrock that you can put your name on but the the one at our grocery store just randomly says like hey do you want to give two dollars to cure kids cancer I'm like I'd like a little more information about <laughs> what that is <laughs> um, and like this is some dude in his garage working on a cancer treatment right but also like why, why should I give Safeway a charitable donation that I'm actually donating to Safeway so they can donate to somewhere else so they could write it off their taxes that seems not a, a Safeway, smart a genius how much, how much money did you make last year profit uh huh and that's exactly probably it, more than I did Exactly. Like, I would rather actually just donate directly to charities instead of going... Because also, you know that there's a very good chance that actually what you're donating to is, like, the Safeway Fund for, you know, curing cancer that then has a really high administrative cost and also, like, gives some money to cancer. I'm like, this just seems like a, a lose-lose-lose situation here. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't know. Humble's... They're a little bit on my list, so whatever. Dylan, please help me. Hey, yo, Vinny. Time for your question. <laughs> Vinny says, what has been your personal experience that has had the, quote, No Man's Sky effect? And I think we should, that, that needs to become like an actual thing, the No Man's Sky effect. I like that. I like that a lot. He says, a game that you either liked um, or didn't like at launch, but after a long period of time passed, you went back and were shocked and excited by how much they've added to the game. I recently hopped back into Sea of Thieves in a serious fashion, and the game is just so content-rich now. So, what's a game that was either good or, you know, enjoyable at launch, but then you went back and you were like, wow, there's a, there's a lot going on here. Crickets. I think... I, I, mean, I, I think I, I can't think of a game that I've played where I've gone back and I went like, oh, wow, they've added a bunch of content. I can think of games I went back and played yeah. that, like, at first I wasn't too hot on, but then I'd go back and be like, oh, and it just, like, clicked with me differently. Yeah. But, like, I can't think of anything I've went back and played and went like, oh, wow, they really, they made this way better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, the it, sadly, the only one is Sea of Thieves. Like, it's the only game that I've gone back to and said, like, oh, wow, there's a there's a shocking amount of new stuff here. Like, I, if Sea of Thieves would just get rid of having to be multiplayer, I would play a lot of Sea of Thieves because the content is really good. I just don't enjoy playing it with other people. So, you know. Um, maybe Forza. Forza is one of those games that, like, every time I turn it on, it seems like they've added, like, 100,000 new cars and new races and new stuff and new places to go. So, but Forza does it does it as well. But, yeah, it's, it's not something... I don't go back to games very often, to be honest. So Yeah. yeah. How about you, Dylan? I think Sea of Thieves is kind of the, the obvious answer, and I would 
give the nod to Sea of Thieves over No Man's Sky because I tried to go to No Man's Sky and it still sucked. So, oh. um, so I just I didn't really care for that game. I was I was doing a whole lot of nothing um, when I was playing it. So, and I played it one minute too long to get my refund. So <laughs> um, that was pretty upsetting. Um, I was like, "Are you sure you can't refund this?" And they're like, "No, you played it for two hours and one minute." Like, wow, <laughs> I'm never getting that back. Um, That's funny. But yeah, CFT is—it's not even a game I didn't like or anything at launch. But every time you turn it on, there's like substantially more than yeah. the last time you played it. And it's amazing that they can keep doing this. Like, yeah. it's like, where's this money coming from to to fund this project constantly Thank and constantly? You, Daddy Otherwise, Microsoft. they're just yeah. yeah um i'm glad they care about this game and think and they believe in it because uh i think it's a a good example of what games can be yeah uh, and i'd like to see other games get this kind of support where they're just so i mean obviously i think the team is pretty passionate about this too they're very into sharing what they're doing constantly and keeping the excitement going and and that too and i think that helps too but man when they add stuff they just keep adding stuff and it it does get better and better and it i mean in a way it's absolutely the same game but it could i think you could say it's very much a different game than it was when it launched you yeah. just with the sheer amount of stuff you can do i think to me i think sea of thieves probably they did something that they can only do because their game is on game pass and i think it was really smart as they launched what probably anywhere else would have been launched as an early access game um, but they didn't call it that. But they didn't have to because it's free. Like, who cares? Like, you go in and play for, for mm-hmm. 20 hours and enjoy what content's here. And then you tell all your other friends, like, hey, you should go play Sea of Thieves. It's pretty fun. And then, you know, 20 hours later, all those people are going, like, oh, hey, there's some stuff. And, oh, hey, did you know that there's new content? You could come back and play with me. And they've just done that over and over and over again. And because it's free, there's no barrier to entry. Like, you can hop into Sea of Thieves and play for 10 hours every six months and and still be fine and because there's no leveling in that game there's no right. you don't you're have never to, behind yeah you're never behind your, your friends are never higher level than you are it's a very easy game to just hop in and play 10 hours of every you know so often and every time you do that microsoft goes like oh hey there's a bunch of people playing sea of thieves and then once there was a ton of content they launched it on steam and even though it was right. already on pc for free they sold a ton of copies i mean i think it sold two or three million copies on steam when they launched it on steam yeah and i think that you know, they've done some really smart opt-ins. Like, I mean, I guarantee you, they're not paying Disney to put, uh, you know, Captain Jack in this game. It's probably rolling the other way. So, I think they've just made some really smart decisions, really smart marketing. And to me, like, this is this is the reason that Game Pass is cool because it lets you foster yeah. cool games like that. And it's the reason to be a Microsoft first-party studio because they give you the kind of support that Microsoft's giving Rare to make that game. Right. So, it's cool. Yeah. And it, it's time on Game Pass definitely was an early access yeah. before they launched on Steam, except they didn't call it that. And I think that made a difference, too, because I bet you call it early access and then history is different. Absolutely agree. Um, just because of what comes with that. Um, and it did help that even upon launch, it was a solid game. Like, it wasn't obviously a beta test. No, it just didn't have a ton like, of Like, it content. wasn't janky. It just didn't have... 
yeah. everything, yeah. all the bells and whistles it does now. I think they're trying to do the same thing with Grounded, and I, I'm not sure it's working quite as well, um, but I've heard Grounded's really good. I, I would say another game that probably falls into the same um, area is actually probably Fallout 76. It's a game I have not yeah. gone back to, but I think if I did, I would enjoy it. Um, I was talking to my dad yesterday, and he was super excited because there's new content coming up for Fallout 76 today, and he was going to hop in and, and play some some Fallout 76, and he does, I mean, he plays a ton of Fallout 76 every week, and they're, same thing, just new content, just dripped in, so... You know, I think it could really work. Um, the difference, of course, with Fallout is that my dad's like, um, I don't know, level two hundred ninety-five, probably. Um, wh- what are the what are the real shitty guys in oh. Fallout? Um, uh, Brotherhood of Steel. Yeah, my dad's probably like a level two hundred fifty Brotherhood of Steel dude, and I go in and go like, really? Ugh. Well. Um, anyway, thanks, Vinny. Appreciate the question. Uh, Prime fan wants to know what your favorite DLC of all time is. And I'm going to be disappointed here because I don't know if I've ever played a DLC. I, I, like, I, I'm pretty sure I've never bought one, but I'm not sure I've ever actually even played one. Um, I guess do you count, like, um, Rocket League cars? Is that DLC? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, technically. I, 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 no, 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 no. Okay, here we go. I bought... The T-Rex car is pretty sweet. The T-Rex car is very sweet. The, the uh, Jurassic Park car. Yeah, yeah. I love the T-Rex, like, goal explosion. Yeah, the explosion. Cool. That's what I was thinking about. Um, I bought the Hot Wheels expansion for... And I think the Snow expansion for... Uh, Forza? Forza 3, I want to say. And that is very good, very good. So probably, I think I bought some some DLC for Horizon Four as well, and I I loved all the expansions for the Horizon games. Like for a person who isn't into cars and isn't into racing, I really really enjoy the Horizons games. So I'm like super super excited about Horizons Five, I guess. So, but I don't I don't buy all DLC. Once I'm done with the game, I'm usually pretty bored with it. My favorite are probably any of the Fallout Three. DLCs, yeah. Um, Point Lookout was really, really good. Um, took you to kind of like a swamp, almost like weird gothic horror Interesting. level. Um, the pit was really good. Was I think the pit was for three? Um, Broken Steel, I think, brought back uh, the giant anti-communist robot. <laughs> um, uh, actually, Broken Steel might be the one that made it so you could play, um, because, spoiler alert for a game that's, I don't know, 13 years old at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, you die at the end of Fallout 3. Oh, um, yeah, you do, don't you? You could not continue playing, so uh, that allowed you to continue. Um, but, yeah, I loved all of those, and that's why I put a ton of time into it. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think I put 175 hours into the main game and the uh, DLC. Which is impressive for a game you can beat in, like, I don't know, 25 hours. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I've i heard the Tiny T- Tiny Tina DLC for... Yeah, all of the Borderlands 2. Yeah. yeah, DLC is good. Mm-hmm. I think that's Man's yeah, answer. I was thinking the... Uh, the uh, it was the spooky Borderlands DLC. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. But I liked that one a lot. It was cool that the big enemies had the loot crates on their back. I thought that was kind of a yeah. neat addition. Yeah. But I also really liked Undead Nightmare for Red Dead Redemption. I, that was a cool DLC because it added a twist on the game that wasn't just a 
side mission. It was yeah. this whole weird zombie thing that kind of I just thought fit was really an interesting addition to the game. I if if you want to ask which DLC am I disappointed that I never played, it's that one. Um, yeah, I don't think it's backwards compatible. It um, is. Is it? Man, maybe I should play that. That, that might be all right. Um, it's still like it's not expensive, but it's like a little bit more than I want to pay for for it too. It's like I mean, it's not much. It's like fifteen bucks. But in a world where there's a lot of games that I can play, you paying, can get a whole game for that. Yeah, paying fifteen dollars for a. I have it. If you want to borrow it. Oh, hmm. Yeah, I might do that. I might just do that. But yeah, no, that's that's a game that I would absolutely love to play and just haven't. So that, that's that's a different question, but same answer. Uh, all right, let's see. Our Deacon says, uh, how do you feel about games with extended betas? Do you think it's a uh, let everyone else find our bugs for us kind of thing or a way to better achieve a better game overall by getting additional feedback? So this would be early access. I don't remember what xbox calls theirs uh game preview i think um, yeah it's game preview I, I assume sony has something similar but i absolutely don't know what it's called what do you what do you guys think about those kind of games it seems like some games really do use that to gather feedback from players and sometimes it doesn't i don't maybe that's completely untrue maybe i i don't know but that's just kind of how it feels yeah, I agree. um Either way, I'm not really interested in playing it during that phase. Yeah. Um, I might check it out for an hour to see, oh, what are they doing? But that's about it because I'm not really interested in that unfinished product because I'm going to sink a bunch of time and I'm not going to play it when it actually is done if I, if I do that. I have similar thoughts. Like I'm absolutely fine if a company wants to do it. Um, I do think that companies should... Every once in a while, I'll see a game that's like, oh, it went into early access in 2016, and it's uh, thinking about Still leaving there. early access in the next year, and I'm like, is that, is that and early? And it's $50. A- and it's $50. I'm like, eh. Like, maybe maybe you got a fish or cut bait at some point. Like, So I would like to see early access be a like almost a time-limited thing. Um, you know, you go into early access, and you've got two years, and then, like, launch. Um but also, like, I'm okay with it from the standpoint of, like, sometimes a company needs to get a, a, you know, viable product out there so that they can sell that viable product to finish making the rest of that product. Like, that's okay, too. Um, like, even some big companies. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what um, – uh, oh, shoot. Um, Larian Studios um, – or. Divinity Original Sin 2 uh, was yeah, and whatchamacallit, Baldur's Gate are our, our, our products that they need to get out into the world and they're a big studio. They need to get them out into the world because they, yeah, they want it's feedback. It's a massive but, project. But also they need money. Right. And so yeah. like, I, I would almost rather see a company do an early access where they're selling the game to help finish paying for the rest of the game than do a Kickstarter because I think a Kickstarter like sometimes ends up with being nothing. Um, right. where at least you have the start of something um, there. That being said, I have purchased a lot of games in early access because you can often get a really good deal on games in early access and then just not played them until they came out. Um, I did that with mm-hmm. um, Pit People. I did that with um, Hades, where you're, you can get these games for a really good price while they're in early access, but I, I don't have any interest in like Hades. Like People that beat Hades when it was in early access only got to play like 
right you played the first three areas yeah (laughs) yeah so Um, i've almost beat hades in early access but i haven't come anywhere close to beating hades full game so yeah it's uh just just not my my thing so what do you think call yeah no there it's pretty much i don't think i've ever played one yeah um it's just not i like yeah i would rather wait for it to come out of early access and then play it I, I, but I, I don't have any problem with the concept no. of early access existing. Nope. Um, like I said, the, the only thing I think is always a little shady is when I'm like, oh, this game's five years in early access, is it now? Um, you should be at least yeah. to mid-access. Maybe maybe you should be putting out the sequel. And I, I do, I, I will say too, I do think it's super, Ark did this, I think. When Ark was in early access, they sold DLC for a game in early access. <laughs> and like, that's that's not okay. That's just not Seems okay. Seems pretty wild. And I also think a game in early access should not have um, microtransactions. I, I don't think you should you should have microtransactions in a game that isn't finished yet because it may never get finished. And I think that you shouldn't be charging people. Um, or, or, well, hmm. Cosmetics are probably okay, but you shouldn't have loot crates. Let's let's. I guess I'll make that dist- distinction. I think that's probably yeah. pretty fair. So. But uh, yeah, they're they're fine. They're fine. Well, it's it's yeah. It would be weird to create some sort of mechanical thing within the game that could, in fact, change. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you might go a slightly different direction. Um, so I think in good faith you probably well it's like yeah cosmetic things like I mean again it's a it's a way they might be able to make some, some money to yeah. finish the game yeah. so maybe there is room for that because some people want to support the game yeah. too yeah like I think that's always important to think about is like sometimes I want to give you money and you're not letting me absolutely um, let me let me buy the thing um, uh, we we were talking about it last week when you we weren't here but that the magic the gathering. Alliance? Magic Arena? Or the, oh, the RPG that got... Yeah, canned. Like, it's a smashed. game that's been in beta. It's an open beta for seven months. And they're like, hey, we're refunding all of your, your you know, cosmetic purchase, all your, your you know, whatever. So I'm like, why did the game... Like, first of all, why is the game an open beta for seven months? Like, yeah. that's kind of weird. And also, why are, why are there microtransactions in a game that is in open beta? Yeah. So... Mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. It's an exact example of what you're talking right? about. Just, just not a fan. All right. Uh, Joe wants... At least they refunded them. Exactly. Though. Absolutely. At least they <laughs> refunded them. Very good point, sir. To be clear. All right. Next question is from Joel Coleslaw. And uh, he's got a little bit more of a statement than a question exactly. And that statement is... It's in the form of a question. I'll give him that. Is can we talk about how it is bullshit that the Xbox only plays games that you own offline? So Joe went on a vacation last week. Sounded like he had a good time. Time, and uh, he took his Xbox with, and it would not let him play his downloaded Xbox games. And so, I was I was kind of curious about how this works. So I poked around a little bit online, and apparently the answer is like sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. So, if you're playing on your your primary Xbox, like I said, if you have one. Your, your primary Xbox is always the Xbox you're on. But if you have two Xboxes and they're both kind of tied to the same, like... <sighs> They're tied to the same account, I guess. One's your primary, one's your backup. And and there are reasons why you may have that done strangely. Like, I have um, 
essentially two hooked up Xboxes in my house, my um, Series X and my kids' Series S. And my Series S, or my kids' Series X, is actually the primary Xbox at my house because that way my kid can play Game Pass games without me signing into my account first. I'm not, not play them, um, download them. So it lets him go in, download Game Pass games without me having to sign into that account first. And if it's not your primary Xbox, it won't let you do that. Um, and so I would I would guess if we took his Xbox on vacation and wasn't weren't able to hook it up to the internet, it probably would play those game those games. If I took my Series X on vacation, it probably would not because that's my backup Xbox. So, from what I understand, you can tell it you're going offline, and it will keep it'll allow you to play your games for up to thirty days offline. Um, but maybe not. There, there's a lot of people online saying, like, yeah, I did everything right and it still didn't work. So the, the real moral of the story is I think that Xbox needs to figure out a way that you can get on hotel Wi-Fi. And, like, I don't think this would have helped Joe because I think he was in a, like, in a cabin or something. But they really need to figure out a way that you can drop an Xbox online and get past the hotels like, hey, you know, enter your room key number and the password right. prompt. Um, because that's really what keeps my Xbox offline most of the time is the, the inability to sign in that way. So it's a it's an interesting question, and, and I don't think anything ever really came about it. But do you remember, Cole, when you sent me a bunch of articles like two months ago, where if your PlayStation is offline, this is specifically PlayStation, although the, the same problem may happen with an Xbox. If your PlayStation is offline and you remove the CMOS battery, you can't play any games on your PlayStation. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you own them, doesn't matter if they're physical, doesn't matter if anything, because it's unable to, like, essentially initialize the DRM that allows your, your system to unlock games. So it's one of those interesting things when you really think about it. With digital ownership, what happens when the authorization servers go down for your Xbox? So I don't own a lot of Xbox games, um, but and, and like Game Pass isn't really the thing to think about. But like games with gold games, yeah. I only own those digitally. What happens fifteen years from now when the authorization servers for those games don't exist any longer? Um, and this is actually honestly keep that thought in mind when we get to Troll Corner because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. So. It, it sucks for Joe, and I'm sorry that uh, it wouldn't work. He says the other thing that sucks is that apparently the Xbox network, you have to have an IPv6 connection, which is a, a way of connecting to the internet, and most phones only have an IPv4 connection, so he wasn't able to do it from a cell phone hotspot either. So oh, it's a bummer. Okay. But uh, something to keep in mind, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, the Series S is the perfect, like, take-it-on-vacation system. It's real small, like, would totally fit in a suitcase. Yeah. So... It's it kind of goes it just it seems like it's one of those natural problems that's the con to the pro of what yep. is game pass it's like we have this great service that allows you to have all the games you want however yep. it does come with this caveat and yeah hopefully there is a good workaround but even something as complicated as like my buddy wanted to uh he wanted to play assassin's creed the new one see he doesn't like, he doesn't really play games. And I think sure. I told this story before, but he bought the game and his disk drive was broken. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, darn it. Um, so he downloaded the game um, or whatever. And, like, it, it just creates that headache because he doesn't have internet at home, right? Yeah. So 
um, you need an update, so he got it to ring. So, because I think originally he brought it over here to update it, but for whatever reason, in that small window of time, like his disk drive stopped working. Oh. Uh, so then he hooked into my internet and downloaded it. And luckily, I think when he got home, he was actually able to play it once it was all downloaded and updated or whatever. What but a pain. Had to buy the game twice, essentially. But yeah. It's it's one of those things where like it's definitely like like for me digital makes a hundred percent sense like I don't have any urge to own physical games anymore but like there is a there definitely is a downside to it there's some weird stuff I, I think like moral of the story is if you're gonna take your Xbox on vacation with you play with the offline mode test it yeah before you leave because you're gonna get to your hotel and just go like well there's nothing I can do now um, yeah figure it out before you go because you can you can switch your your backup and your main xbox i think up to four times a year um but there is a limit too you can you can only do it four times a year so um there's there's ways to make it work but test it test it before you go you'll be a lot happier all right uh we're to the food section of the questions uh princess megan wants to know what is your favorite food to cook slash bake like if you were going to not not necessarily your favorite to eat but what's your favorite thing to cook slash bake Nothing. Yeah, I hate cooking. <laughs> like, I hate it with a passion. yeah, I, yeah, I mean, like, I like cooking, but I don't like cooking. Um, yeah. If if food was just made, I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, darn, I wish I could cook that. Um, <laughs> I, I read a like a uh, a question, um, like just one of those like you know, think about this kind of things, and and the question was is if you could take a pill that would make you not have to eat like you still could eat if you wanted to so like eating for pleasure still could be a thing you could still go out to a restaurant with friends and eat it wasn't like you know it would like take away your stomach it would just be like you wouldn't have to you would always be pleasantly full um would you do it and i was like oh man in a heartbeat like think of all the time you spend like eating and cooking and doing dishes and grocery shopping. Like if I could get that much time back, you know how many more video games I could play? Like in a heartbeat I would do that. So um yeah, I hate cooking. I, I twenty three years ago my wife and I like, you know, got married and we were trying to like I don't know, trying to you know, you're two very young people trying to figure out how you like split up life. And she's like, if you if you do all the cooking, I'll clean the bathrooms. And at the time I was like 19 and dumb and I was like ew cleaning the bathrooms is gross who wants to do that I'd probably never done it before because I like literally like moved out of my house into my apartment with my wife so you know like we we had one bathroom at home my mom cleaned it and I was like that sounds terrible and and now I realize that like cleaning bathrooms takes you lost that so bad like an hour and a half a week if you do it really really well and you have three bathrooms um, instead of cooking, which takes me like an hour a day every day. So yeah, it was dumb, 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 dumb move. But um, I guess to actually answer the question, if I have to tell you what my favorite food is to, to cook slash bake, uh, I make a really good pecan pie, and they're super easy to make, and everyone likes pecan pie for the most part. So like you can you can easily cook like you in an evening you can cook. A half a dozen pecan pies with extremely low amounts of effort and make a bunch of people very happy. Um, it's it's they're not hard and you can cook them three four at a time, and uh, and make people very happy. Um, I also made uh, school bread, which is a thing you can get at Disney World, like maybe a month and a half ago, and it's phenomenal. Like they were so good, like so good. Have you ever had a school bread at, at the Norway part of Epcot, Dylan? 
No. Next time you're at Walt Disney World, first of all, we can get one together. Um, yeah. Which Next summer. Fun. Next summer. Perfect. I will be there. Um, we'll get a school bread, and it will be great because they are amazing. They're like a like a kind of I don't want to say spicy, but there's like it's like a bread that has like some cinnamon to it, and then they uh, they put it full of like a cream filling. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. So school bread was fun to make. How about you, Cole? If you, uh, cooking sucks, but what do you like to cook? Colby makes a really, really, really good um, ch- uh, chicken tiki butter, masala. No, it's just butter, butter, butter chicken. chicken. Butter chicken. Yeah. yeah, Colby makes a really good butter chicken. That's so. fine. Um, spaghetti's kind of fun. I used to really like making meatloaf. Um, yeah, I've been at meatloaf in so long, and I, I love meatloaf. I know I love meatloaf too, but yeah. um, I uh, I like making beer bread. It's beer bread's easy. great. Uh, have you ever had apple cider bread made with apple cider? Like, no. uh, that shit's good. That's real good. Dylan's cat's so cute. I love it so much. Shout out to like sometimes co-host Mansocks. He got two new dogs this weekend. Go to bitemepodcast.com slash discord. Join our discord just to look at, at Mansocks' new dogs. They're incredible. So, How about you, Dylan? What do you like to, to bake or cook? I like smoking things. So yeah, ribs, the that. ribs turn out really, really good. Everyone loves those. So. I love barbecue ribs so much. Like, mm, I haven't had them in two decades, but man, I remember them fondly. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I bet you your ribs are delicious. They're very good. Very, very good. nice. So Dylan smokes stuff. My my barbecue's like broken. Like it's, things went wrong. It's like a smoker now. It's not good, but not on purpose. Mostly just smoke. <laughs> not the right. Not, <laughs> not the right kind. Of smoke. kind. Nope. Just black smoke everywhere. It's bad. Uh, Rich wants to know: Do you prefer Slurpees or Ices? Neither. <laughs> I don't know. That's. I don't it's know an interesting if I question, have right? a, I don't know if I have an opinion. The problem i have with them is i get incredibly bad brain freezes from frozen drinks um even more so if they have alcohol in them if you want to see me get a headache so bad that i almost puke um just hand me a margarita um i do want to see this but i'd prefer to do it probably not in person so like can i have someone deliver you a margarita and we'll just do it over like zoom the last time i i had a frozen margarita i got a brain freeze so bad that i got nauseous yeah that's Um, terrible and like if i drink them incredibly slowly i can do slurpees and ices but like usually i just have like a sip or two um they're both okay yeah i i would I would counter with the actual preferable one is um, the, like, uh, I think they're called Blasts, maybe, from Taco Bell. Um, like the Baja Blast? Yeah. So you can buy a frozen Baja Blast, which is very good. Currently, they've got a, like, Mountain it, Mountain Dew something Baja Blast cream, maybe, and so it's like a frozen Baja Blast that's got like some sort of cream stuff in it. Those are very good. Um, and if you go between, I'm going to say like one and five or two and five, um, they have a happy hour where they're only a dollar. So like Taco Bell's pretty pretty good. Those are those are great. Um, besides that, like I think Slurpees are fine. Um, Ices I think have kind of a special place in my heart though because like when I was a kid, like probably ten or twelve. Um, my parents used to let us walk up to 
like the seven. It wasn't seven eleven. It was a Circle K, I think. Um, and we'd get like big thirty two ounce mugs refills of of ICs, and that was pretty cool. So, but but seven eleven was like just far enough away that I didn't get to do that for like another couple years. So yeah, they're they're both fine. Uh, but I don't go out of my way. You know, it's really good snow cones. Snow cones are great. Mm. Big fan. How about you, Dylan? Icies or Slurpees? I'm trying to remember if the Circle K that we frequented had one or the other. Well, it didn't have a Slurpee, but I don't know if they were Icies or if they were something else. Yeah. yeah I think the only, icy. the only really bad ones are, are like, and I don't think you get them anywhere anymore, is the ones that are made of like, kind of like pebbled ice. Like those are, those are awful. Yeah. That's no good. I, when, when we moved to, to Seattle, um, like you can't get good snow cones up here. Like Utah has great snow cones, like terrific snow cones. And I remember the first snow cone I got up here, they gave me a, first of all, it was in a bowl. Um, and like, it was like a bowl of like ice that they'd like crushed in a blender with some snow cone flavor. And I'm like, man, like my Snoopy doghouse snow cone maker was better than this thing. So I don't know. I don't know. All right, you want to talk about some cheap and free games? Woo! Woo! All right, coming to Game Pass. Uh, Dragon Quest Builder 2 in the cloud on July 8th. Uh, Tropico 6 is coming to cloud console and PC uh, July 8th as well. Um, USC 4 is coming to console via EA Play, so you have to have Game Pass Ultimate for that one on July 8th. Um, man, this game is so cool. Um, Bloodroots, Dylan and I played it at PAX 2018 probably. Um and was absolutely my favorite game I played at PAX 2018. Super fun. Uh, you you bought it as well since then, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, I bought it on the Switch, and it is fun. It's hard and and really different and challenging. It's the entire idea is you are a guy who got like kind of like mugged by a bunch of bad guys, like kind of old westy, and you have to go through every level without getting killed while killing everyone else on that level using things in that level which range from like carrots to wagon wheels to pitchforks to all sorts of stuff and it's it's almost got like kind of a a choreographed dance feeling to it where you'll you'll go through the level and figure out how you have to kill everyone um and then do it it's it's really fun coming uh to xbox on july 15th i will probably put some more time into that game on july 15th um farming simulator is coming to uh farming simulator 19 and in my like the canon in my head is that there's actually 18 more of those there probably isn't it's probably based on the year but i i like to think there's, there's a 17 yeah i played so that I may- one Maybe there are 18 of them. Who knows? Uh, anyway, this is 19 coming to cloud console and PC July 15th. Um, the medium is coming to cloud on July 15th. That game was okay. Not spectacular, but it was all right. Um, and then uh, there's a game that Xbox kind of put in the like, hey, maybe you didn't remember this came out section. And I did not remember this came out. It's called um, Going Under. It is available now on cloud console and PC. And it says it's a satirical dungeon crawler about exploring the cursed ruins of a failed tech startup. And that sounds great. <laughs> so I, I don't know how I missed that, but it sounds fun. It takes place in Neo Cascadia, which I think is just here. I think I live in Neo Cascadia. Yeah, it's uh, it's been on my wish list for a while, and so I'm glad yeah. that it finally came. It is there, so check it out. Uh, Epic Games this week, you'll be able to get Bridge Constructor: The Walking Dead. The Bridge Constructor games are pretty fun, and the like weird branded versions of those are fun too. Like I really liked the Portal one. That's good. Um, and then a game called Iron Cast. Um, 
it says it's inspired by Victorian era science fiction set in an alternative exciting alternative history a time when refined men and women in top hats and bonnets commanded gigantic walking war machines laying waste to the enemies of the british empire looks okay it looks like it's got um like a choose three or match three kind of um like you you fight your battles using like a match three kind of thing i've played a couple of those they're they're interesting so i don't know check it out it's free like you have nothing to lose uh playstation plus is getting red dead redemption 2 which is I don't know, probably the best game of 2019. I think that's a, a pretty widely held belief. Um, God of War 2018. I don't know. Time's a, time's a flat circle. Uh, Neo 2 Judgment Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. Um, kind of hard to believe the Olympics are actually happening. But it's going to be awesome. We'll see how that goes. Um, Moving Out, which is a ton of fun. I played that at PAX 2019. Like that a lot. And NASCAR Heat 5. So Red Dead... Red Dead Redemption will stay in PlayStation now until November 1st, and it is only available via download. So unlike most of PlayStation uh, Now games, you cannot, um, you can't stream that one. You have to download and install it. Um, And Judgment will be available until August, or October 4th, 2021. So, uh, and then apparently the sequel comes out uh, September. So play those for a little while. All right, you ready to talk about Troll Corner and, and how Ubisoft is in it this week sure. um thanks call i appreciate that that helped um so we talked about this probably i don't know a month ago maybe a month and a half ago where ubisoft was just like turning off servers for like i don't know it seems like it was like 15 games 10 or 15 games and just like online play would no longer work for those games and and doesn't matter if you own them doesn't matter anything like the, the online just went away for those and one of those was heroes of might and magic 10 which came out i want to say in 2014 so it's an old game but not like an aggressively old game you know seven years is is not that long in, in video game time um apparently turning off that server made it so the game's drm no longer could authorize and so it just instantly became unplayable 100 percent doesn't matter if you own it doesn't matter anything at all you just can't play it and so instead of fixing that uh, because a bunch of people were on steam going like hey i can't play this game and it was it was causing problems instead of um fixing the problem ubisoft just delisted it off steam and said sorry um which kind of sucks. <laughs> like it's it's exactly the problem we were talking about. Is what do you do when your DRM no longer authorizes? And the answer is is Ubisoft kind of shrugs their shoulders and say, "Well, I guess you can't play this game anymore." And I think it's it's really crappy to me that instead of ripping the DRM out of that game, issuing a final patch and saying, "Here's the game without DRM," like they don't obviously they don't care if anyone's pirating it because they can't purchase it anymore so ubisoft can no longer make money off this game and instead of fixing it at the end and saying hey just let everyone do it um they they turned it off so i would say if you own heroes of might and magic 10 and can't play it anymore you should feel free to pirate it and crack the crap out of it because ubisoft no longer cares about you so why should you care about them um, just be careful when you're doing that. Viruses are bad. Like we were talking last week, there's that crypto virus going around that'll melt your processor. So so don't do that. But Jeez. just a, a terrible thing to uh, to do to... I, I know that there are not a lot of people playing that game anymore. I know it, it probably is not the biggest thing in the world, but it's just a, tr- a crappy way to treat your company. Comp- your, 
terrible way to treat your customers. And it makes me wonder if Ubisoft will make that same decision about a game I actually do care about in the future. So, I don't know. Kind of a bummer. What do you guys think? Any thoughts? Or is it just, it's kind of a bummer? Kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at BiteMePodcast.com. You can follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram slash BiteMePodcast. You can slip a little money into our Patreon at Patreon.com slash BiteMePodcast. You can join our Discord and see adorable pictures of Hans's dogs and Dylan's cats and sometimes my dog and Megan's dog and Tim's cat. And there's so many cute dogs and cats. Like, that's why you should join us. Discord, like it's not because we talk about video games. It's not because sometimes there's interesting things happening. Just join our Discord, go straight to the cute critters board, and just stay there because there's cute critters in it all the time. It's a great place to be. You can do that by going to bitemepodcast.com/slash/discord. I hope I didn't forget anyone's dog or cat. I'm gonna feel real bad if I did. Anyway, they're all cute. Um, I think that's it, Dylan. Bite me. Bite me. Bite me. Bite me.